welcome to Thriving as a Physician, the podcast that teaches you to thrive in your weight loss and life while juggling a packed physician schedule, because you deserve to thrive. Each week, I share sustainable, enjoyable tools that work in your busy life so that you can reach all of your goals faster with more confidence. Everything in this podcast is backed by my experience as an obesity medicine physician, years of coaching physicians on weight loss and eating, and my own personal weight loss journey. Let's get thriving. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 255 of the Thriving as a Physician podcast, How to Lose Weight and Love Your Life. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we are talking about whether or not being lazy and learning the skill of being lazy could actually be beneficial for your weight loss. I hear this a lot inside Thrive Academy for Physicians, where there's a fear amongst physicians of being lazy. It's a fear of if I get too lazy, I'm going to slide even further. I'm going to eat even more. And in today's episode, I'm going to pose a different way of viewing this that I think you'll find helpful. And we'll talk about how I'm using this in my own life and how I think it's actually a really important skill. So before we get going, I wanted to share a bit of a story is... Last week, I had a lovely episode recorded for you about what to do when the scale's not moving in your weight loss. And I had like, it's been a busy couple weeks. I know if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, these past couple months have been fairly tough for me. I've been working on things to help myself feel better, working on things to help me feel like I have a bit more space in my days. And so I'd recorded the podcast out at the lake. I was really proud of myself. I'd taken time to go to the lake for some self-care time, as well as just a bit of quiet time to get some work done and this stuff and get the podcast episode recorded. And then Monday morning, when we went to upload the podcast episode, we realized there was zero audio recorded. I don't know what I did, honestly, guys. It was a different microphone because I was out at the lake. I had tested it. It should have been working, but no audio. So I sat essentially and talked to all of you and shared really important information about what to do when the scale is not moving and none of it was recorded. And so if you notice that we didn't release a podcast episode last week, that was why. And it ties into today's topic because when I realized that it had messed up and it didn't record with audio, my first thought is, when am I going to fit in re-recording that? It had already been a stressful week. My husband's been sick. He had been in the hospital that weekend. He is doing better, if you're wondering, but it had been stressful. And I decided, you know what, for the first time in the history of this podcast, which I've been doing this since 2019, I'm not going to release a podcast episode this week. And I'm going to trust that it's going to be okay. So I dealt with my like perfectionist, high achieving mindset that's like every week we have to release it on time every Monday. And I was like, it will be fine. And I will get it recorded sometime later this week when I have time, which I'm going to do this morning. I'm going to record it for you guys for next week's episode. So make sure you tune in on that if you want to know what to do when the scale is not working. 
But it ties into today's topic because I've really been actively working on, okay, what do I need to feel better? Because this is not sustainable for me to be kind of dipping in and out of burnout and just trying to recover and then over pushing myself and being like, ah, like feeling burnt out again. And so things like that of being like, is it actually as urgent as my mind is making it mean? And deciding, you know what, it's not. The world's not going to end if I don't record a podcast episode this week. We can get it done next week. We can just continue on. There's 254 other episodes released. If you want to go back and listen to some, there are plenty there for you. And I trust that those of you who are listening, those of you who love this podcast, you'll understand the reasoning. And I want to share this partly because I want to role model the fact that we do not always have to do everything our brain tells us to do. And that's why I'm recording today's topic today, because it's so easy for our brains to actually be really tough on us and to push us to levels that then end up impacting our eating and impacting our weight and make our quality of life worse. And so I wanted to share this story just because it's okay to say no and it's okay to say no to yourself. (laughs) And it's okay to say no to things that you actually believe passionately about. Like I love this podcast. It is my passion project as is running Thrive Academy for Physicians. It's what lights me up and gets me really excited. And it's what I think I meant to do in this world. But it's also okay to sometimes say no and take a break from that. So just think of where that might be helpful for you, where you might be kind of pushing yourself just because you think you have to. And what would it be like just to give yourself a little bit of a break? I can tell you the experience of it for me. Like this past week, I would say I've been fairly quote unquote lazy. We're going to, whenever we use that term, we're going to put it in the quotes in this episode, but I've been pretty lazy. I actually canceled one of my afternoons and I had a couple really solid naps and I have not done a lot of work beyond just what I needed to do in my office this week. And now that's kept me fairly busy, right? Like as a physician, when we start talking about being lazy and not doing enough, we're still doing a fair bit. But it's given me space. And so as I was sitting, okay, I should get some podcast episodes recorded today because I'm not in the office today, I actually found out my brain was more creative. I was able to come up with ideas for you guys. Whereas last week, I was having a hard time feeling that creativity and feeling that flow of ideas and flow of ways I can help you that I often feel. So sometimes taking a break helps you just come back to yourself so that your brain functions in a more efficient manner in the way that you want it to in ideal situations. So today's topic really came up. I was sitting on the couch this morning and I was reading a book. I'm reading the Lady Sherlock series by Sherry Thomas, I think. Anyways, I don't know if any of you have listened to that or sorry, read them, but I'm loving them. They're like a perfect amount of like whodunit little mysteries with some funniness. And so I was sitting there on the couch reading it and the kids, like after the kids had gotten on the bus And in my brain, I had planned on getting up and going for a run even before the kids got on the bus and then recording these podcasts right away because then I was going to go into round and I'm on call for OBS today. And it turned out I didn't need to round today, which was a lovely little gift. But so sitting there on the couch reading the book and thinking to myself, oh, I really should get up and get that run done so I can get going on the podcast episodes. And I heard myself say, man, being pretty lazy today. And with this idea of like, what if I just stay too lazy? Like there was like a fear behind it. And I thought about it and I actually kind of pushed back on it and I kept reading my book. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to finish this chapter because I'm really enjoying it. And there is nothing going on in my life right now that 
hinges on whether I finish this chapter or not. Like the run can wait, the podcast episodes can wait. If I get called in for somebody in labor and I have to go and I can figure out another time to get these episodes done. But so I push back and I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy sitting here on my couch, being a little lazy and reading a book because I don't do it very often. And then I went out for my run and it was a beautiful blue sky, yellow tree fall run, which was gorgeous. And we've had some issues with smoke lately, but it was like clear sky, which was lovely. And I just feel so much better sitting down to do this work. I'm going to feel so much better when I do go into the hospital to do the work I have to do today, or if I do get called in. And that piece of my brain that offered, oh, like you're being pretty lazy today as like, this is something bad. Like we need to pull out of this. We're in a tailspin of laziness. It wouldn't have made my day better had I listened to it. It was not going to give me a great quality day. It was that piece of me that's just been so in the mode of, okay, like we got to get stuff done. Let's keep churning, keep going, keep churning, get it done, get it done, get it done, and then collapse across the finish line. But when does the finish line ever come? And so just by resisting and being like, you know what, I'm going to embrace lazy right now and I'm going to trust myself I'll still get everything done. That's just given me such a better day. And I thought that really this is a piece that we struggle with. I was thinking back to all the different times I've been coaching physicians over the years. And we've talked about taking time, talked about being kind of nice to ourselves. And there's often this fear of laziness, this fear of, but if I do this too much, what if I get lazy? What if I don't hold myself to this high enough standard? And behind that fear is this fear of it's all going to crumble down. It's if I don't hold myself to the standard, I'm just going to like fall to pieces and not get anything done and not progress on my goals. And I want to challenge that. I don't think that's actually true. I think that's a story and a culture that we've all bought into as physicians that we've all been taught directly and indirectly in our training. And I think it probably gets amplified when we transition to having responsibilities of being an attending. And if you throw in having kids and things like that on top of it, it gets a bit amplified. But I don't necessarily think it's true. I don't think it's helpful. And that's why I thought this was a topic I wanted to talk to you guys about today. And then we'll talk about what to do when the scale is not moving next week. So let's talk about why is it that we fear lazy? Why does that lazy have such a negative connotation to us? And number one is, I think, if you look at the whole process of getting into medicine, of going through medical school, of getting into a residency, it's really based on instilling this high achiever approach. It's this like small pocket of people that can get in. You have to prove yourself worthy in order to get here. You have to continue to prove yourself worthy to stay and to hopefully get the residency that you want. And nobody ever tells us at the end that we can stop proving ourselves worthy. This is the problem, right? You do the mindset, you focus on just trying to be the best that you can be, trying to show up in a way that you think will help get you through. And we can have conversations about whether we actually need to be in that high achieving mindset to actually be successful, or maybe we're successful despite being prone to that high achieving mindset. But at the end of the day, when we actually arrive, so really when you finish residency and you aren't attending, you've arrived. You reached the point that back when you were writing your MCATs, you were dreaming of. Imagine if I could one day be a doctor and be the type of doctor I want to be. You did it. But the problem is nobody ever tells us, hey, you did it. Congratulations. You can relax now. And so we carry that like high achieving 
go, go, go mindset forward. And if you don't check it, you will continue it until you retire. And then retirement's going to feel pretty uncomfortable and awkward often. And I'm sure lots of us have seen people and patients who've retired where they don't know what to do with themselves. And it actually can be a big stress because they thought that (laughs) they deferred gratification until that beautiful retirement thinking, okay, this is when I will have arrived. But we have to practice that skill of, I did it. I'm here. I can relax. I can enjoy the fruits of my labor. I can enjoy what I've achieved. Instead, because we hold on to that high achieving mindset, we're like, ooh, if I relax, it's a bad thing. If I take time off, I'm taking away from somebody else. I might not get everything done if I stop and relax. And so then we label the stopping and relaxing, which should be normal human behavior, as something almost pathologic and worry about being too lazy. And here's the interesting thing, and we'll talk more about how this ties into our weight. But if you're not doing this for yourself, this human need of downtime, and if you're not creating space for yourself to be quote unquote lazy and not be productivity focused in some way or another, your brain's going to do it for you. And if your brain is prone to looking for food as a way of fixing discomfort, guess what it's going to lean to if you're not creating space for yourself to decompress on your own? It's going to turn to food. So you'll find yourself, your brain's going to create the downtime. And maybe it's not actually going to be effective, right? Like you might find, for me, it was my downtime when I wasn't doing this intentionally was sitting at the drive-thru. And I know I talk about that a lot on this podcast, but it really was essentially the only time I had to myself. That was my downtime. My brain was creating it. So I actually had moments in some days where nobody was talking to me and where I was doing what I wanted to do. Now, was it effective? Not as effective as other things. You know, it worked in a pinch when I didn't know to address it other ways. And in a way, I'm thankful for my brain because honestly, those moments felt good back then because I wasn't getting it anywhere else. But it probably wasn't the most effective way of taking care of myself. And it created extra stress because then I was worried about eating food that wasn't healthy for me and feeling out of control around the food and struggling in that way. The other reason why we fear lazy is the implicit weight bias that's in our society and in medicine. And so the concept that people with weight are portrayed as being fat and lazy, right? That for so many years, it's been portrayed that if you struggle with weight, you must be lazy in some way. You're not doing enough. You're not working hard enough on your food. All of these different things, which is total bullshit. It is absolutely not true. If you are working on your weight, probably I would argue you're actually putting too much effort in. You've heard me talk about that. And that's a big thing I work on with the physicians inside Thrive Academy for Physicians is we can do this without working so hard. And not only can we, it's actually imperative because if you think you have to work harder to be successful in your weight loss, as we've already been talking about in this episode, there's no space for that. And so you won't be able to do that consistently. That's why I work on like lowest effort interventions with the biggest impact with the members inside Thrive Academy for Physicians. So that theory that we've all been taught of people who have weight issues are lazy in some way is completely not true. And yet we have all internalized it. I guarantee it's in there internally because we all have internalized this weight bias. It's been so present and not discussed for so many years There's just assumptions made. 
And if you want a good example of this, I always think about it when I watch Harry Potter, which I love the Harry Potter movies, except the way they portray Dudley and Dudley's family. So Harry Potter's cousin and uncle, if you don't watch Harry Potter, are both portrayed as people that have weight issues and also are portrayed as not being very likable, being fairly lazy, a bunch of negative other things. And if you look through common media, this will show up in lots of places. So this mindset is actually inside you. And if you're worried about being lazy in your weight loss journey, this is what's causing it. And it's not that we need to listen to that piece of you, but if you can acknowledge it and be like, you know what, maybe I'm going to try thinking about this a different way. We can all acknowledge the way we've thought about weight hasn't actually gotten you where you want to be. So let's try thinking about it in a different way that's going to get you further, that'll help you get where you want to go with less work. Love it. Less work, more fun, more enjoyment. Love it. More lazy days sitting on the couch in the pool of sun reading a book. Please sign me up. That's <laughs> what I want. And so what's the definition of lazy? Like we use this term, we fear it, we use it against ourselves. But what actually is the definition? And I looked this up, it's unwilling to work or use energy. And on the one hand, when I read the definition, I'm like, well, that doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> like maybe what I need in my life are times where I'm like, I don't want to work or use energy. I did that already today. I did that this week. This is my moment to not work or use energy. And so I was thinking about reclaiming the term lazy, like, we can use it and decide we like the definition and it doesn't have to be a negative thing for us. The other piece that came up when I read this definition is if you're a physician and you're worrying about being lazy, when you read that definition, my guess is probably not true. For the majority of our lives, majority of our time, this does not apply. We're working and we're using energy even during time that should technically be downtime for us, where we should choose to do whatever we want with our time. Often, we're thinking about patients, we're thinking about cases, we're reading around cases, we're catching up on our notes. The concept of being unwilling to work and unwilling to use energy just generally doesn't apply. So if you're somebody who you're fearful that if you take downtime, it will make you lazy, I think it's just not going to happen. Check in with yourself about that definition. Do you think that really could describe you ever? I work with a lot of physicians and I would say if we want to go to a place of having moments when we're unwilling to work or use energy, it actually takes practice. It is a skill that feels uncomfortable and it's going to take you practice to do that and get any element of that in your life. And so the question is like, why is this bad? When did we define being lazy as bad? When did you start to overvalue overworking? And I was thinking, think back to summer vacation when you were a kid. That, to me, would be the definition of lazy, where I had nothing to do. There weren't summer camps back, or like not like the day camps back when I was a kid. We were just at home, told to go outside, don't come back to lunch, was our summer vacation. And so we'd just like wander around with nothing focused to do. We'd read some books, listen to some music. I'd do some cartwheels in the backyard, go for a bike ride. Nothing was like productivity focused. There was no end goal other than getting through the day until I was allowed to enter our house again. <laughs> and so when did we lose that? I was thinking about this myself while I was preparing this episode for you. And I think still, even in like in high school and stuff, I think I still valued being lazy in university, like undergrad. I feel like I still valued it. Like, yes, I did schoolwork, but I think I was pretty lazy and didn't do much when I wasn't doing schoolwork. 
So maybe I was in med school sometime when just the load got heavier, but definitely where I can see it happening is once I had kids. Once like work couldn't take up as big of a space because I had things I had to get home for. And then that time at home had a lot of extra things added to it. I think that's when I naturally just ended up without time to myself and stopped valuing or I wouldn't say maybe not stopped valuing initially, but just thought it was impossible to have time to myself. And then over time, I stopped valuing that time to myself. And I think that overworking, like just keep going, just keep getting it done, really kind of took over and amplified. So let's talk more about how does this relate to weight? Because it really, really does. Like somebody asked me a long time ago when I was first starting coaching physicians, what is the number one issue physicians deal with with weight loss or when they're struggling with weight? And I said, lack of self-care. Like without a moment of hesitation, the lack of self-care, how we've been taught to sacrifice ourselves and not give ourselves self-care is why we struggle with our eating and ultimately with our weight. It is what gets in the way of the consistency. It's the inability to find time to prioritize having good food for yourself. It's the issues with processing stress through the day. So maybe you have some good food for yourself, but you just don't want it because you want the food that's going to give you dopamine, which is fine. There's ways around all of that, but if we can acknowledge it. So lack of downtime, lack of self-care, is what creates issues for physicians with their eating and their weight. And so if we start flipping and being like, so then how can lazy help you? Well, if you actually go after being lazy and intentionally decide, I'm going to have some lazy time and it's going to be a good thing in my life, you're addressing the underlying issue why most physicians struggle with weight. So I was thinking through like, what is the progress? Because when you're sitting there thinking about your weight, chances are you're thinking about, okay, I just need to make sure I eat this food. I just need to stop eating this food. And I just hope the scale is going to work, right? Like it's a very small view of what it actually takes to lose weight. And I say this with total compassion, but it's the view we've been taught, right? That's why we've been taught a small view, but that small view doesn't work. And if we keep focusing on just that small view, you are not going to be successful. Instead, we have to zoom out and look what actually does it take to lose weight for the long term. And basically, it takes figuring out the underlying drivers. And I can tell you one of the biggest drivers for many physicians is the always doing mindset or the not enough time, got to keep going, can't stop to do this stuff for myself. That is one of the biggest drivers. And that's why it's so hard for us to find time for self-care. So you have to figure out what your underlying drivers are. Then you have to actually address those underlying drivers. And about 99% of them are not going to have anything to do with food. And this is really the big work that I help physicians with inside Thrive Academy for physicians is looking at all these different drivers, looking at the times where they've felt out of control of food and figuring out what was the driver here and how can we intervene to make it simple so that it doesn't keep happening to you. But you have to address those drivers so that you can build consistency. Because if we do not look at those drivers, if we do not address those drivers, you will constantly be getting tripped up and you will lack the consistency that it takes to get to your goals. And you'll think that it just has to do with the food, that for some reason you can't control yourself around food. But there's always reasons and there's always things we can do about it. And then you need to stick to that healthy eating that works for your body consistently and long enough to actually get to your goals. And again, if we're not looking at these underlying drivers, 
it's going to be really hard to do that. And if we look at what I've already shared is that the number one driver is this too much to do, got to hurry, not enough time type of mindset we have. And if the number one reason why physicians struggle with their weight and their eating is we were taught not to care for ourselves, when we put those together, it means that learning how to be lazy is a weight loss tool. I want to say that again, because your brain might reject it, but learning how to be lazy, learning how to truly take downtime without having a goal, without having to accomplish something during that time is a weight loss tool. And I would argue it's probably the most important tool. It's more important than willpower. It's more important than figuring out what to do about cravings. It's more important than what diet you decide to follow or what way of eating you decide to follow. You have to take care of yourself because if you don't, your brain will try to do it from a very good place with good intentions, but it will turn to food or other things like couple glasses of wine after work to avoid doing your notes or hopping online and doing some shopping for stuff that you probably don't need. So then you feel a bit stressed about how much money you've spent this month. There's so many different places where it will try its best to help you feel better, but it's probably not going to be effective because sometimes what you really need is just to stop and just take a break. And I want you to just right now, just imagine just stopping and just taking a break. Just take a deep breath in and just picture, just just stop. And I use this with myself sometimes when I notice my brain's like, oh, no, we got to go, got to go. I'll just say, just stop. It's time to stop. And just say to yourself, just stop. Let your shoulders relax down and take another breath and maybe say, it's okay to stop. It's okay to take a break. And just notice how you feel. Check in with yourself. I think for some of you, that's going to feel like a relief, something you may not have said to yourself. For others, you may actually feel a little bit of anxiety when you say that to yourself. And again, that just comes back to this idea of like, if you stop moving, bad stuff's going to happen, but it's just not true. Our brain's in that pattern because it's had practice. You've used that path over and over and over again. It's okay if the opposite path feels uncomfortable because it's new. It's okay if you feel a bit anxious when you stop. It's okay if it takes practice to figure out how to relax when you have downtime. It's common. I was talking about this with one of the members of Thrive Academy just last week of that idea of we crave downtime. We crave vacations. We wish we didn't have to work so much. We wish we could cut back. And then when we have it, it feels uncomfortable. And that's okay. It's just because it's a skill. You just have to practice it. You have to work on some of the thoughts we've talked about, about maybe being lazy isn't bad. Maybe being lazy is helpful. Maybe taking down time is actually really important to the goals that you're wanting to work on and balancing times where you're focusing on them, not overworking with times of downtime may actually be the most effective way to move towards your goal. The reason why this works is if you start putting in more time to be lazy or to have downtime, then you'll end up feeling just less rushed. When you feel less rushed, it gives you more space in your brain to actually think clearly about your food. And then what you'll find is you're less likely to have emotional eating. Later in that day, if you've, like, I'm using my day as an example, I'm probably far less likely to have cravings today because I took more time for myself. I, I listened to what I needed and I took some time just because I was enjoying a book and that has value. And then if you're less likely to emotionally eat, you feel more in control around food, 
without working harder at it, which then is more likely to help you reach your goals. It's how it all falls into place for you by being lazy, how it works for you. Okay, so how do you actually practice being lazy? I thought I'd leave you with three kind of tips on how do you do it, because you may be sitting there going, well, that sounds great, but I really don't know how. And that's okay, because it is not a skill that we have valued or learned. So number one, recognize that the number one nemesis you will face in this is your brain, and it will be that overworking part of your brain that just wants to kick in and really push you no matter where you turn. Number two, look for places where you can take away some of the urgency. A lot of the urgency that happens in our lives is actually driven by our brains. It's our brain's sense of urgency. And what our brain offers us about the urgency may not actually be true. Or there may be things that you can delegate. There may be things that you can triage and focus on what actually is urgent. But question when your brain offers, okay, this is really urgent. And look for places you can let go. Like for in my example I shared today, that idea of, oh, I have to re-record that episode because it didn't work. So we make sure that we release one this week. I just decided I'm just going to let go of that. I'm going to decide I don't have to release one this week. And then number three, when your brain interjects, because it will, and it will also avoid, like if you've planned on having some time off, doing something for yourself, your brain will do everything it can to try to fill that time with something else. You may find when it's time to take the break, it's avoiding. It tells you, oh, but we have this to do or that to do. So when that happens, recognize it's okay. It's part of the process. This is part of learning this skill. Question the urgency. Is this actually true that this thing is more valuable than me having a bit of a break? And work on recognizing that you having a break has value. You taking time for yourself has value for you as a human being. It has value for you as a physician. It has value for you as a partner if you have a partner. It has value for you as a parent if you have kids. And it has value in any other role that you play. You having a break has value. And the problem here is we've been told that it doesn't. So when your brain kicks in and offers these other things that it views as more valuable than you having a break, you just have to question it and decide, you know what, me taking this break also has value. Is it possible that me taking a break is more valuable in this moment than what my brain's offering? Is it possible that the urgency my brain's offering is not actually true? And if I do that in an hour, two hours, tomorrow, it'll be fine. Okay, so just start playing with this and thinking, how is it that you think about being lazy? Do you feel it's a negative thing? Do you feel like you have many opportunities in your day where you could just be lazy? You could do whatever you want. If you don't, what would it be like to start adding some? How might that impact your eating? Play around with those questions. Uh, If you are a physician and you've been listening to this and you're really just frustrated about not being able to get traction towards your goals, but also really tired of spending your life feeling like you obsess about food. You're always trying to not eat or force yourself to eat the healthy stuff. I can help you. I can help you change this experience so much through Thrive Academy for Physicians. I can help you transform what you think about weight loss to create a system of approaching your own weight that'll last you for your life where you actually enjoy it, where it feels good, where it makes your days better, where you don't have to work harder and you don't have to spend your life obsessing about food. You can have space to think about the things you actually want to think about. If that sounds like something you would like, then take the next step. Head over to start2thrive.ca. That's start2thrive.ca. 
fill out an application for Thrive Academy for Physicians, and that opens up the doors for you and I to have a conversation about your specific challenges, about the places where you've had success or the places where you've really struggled. And you'll have an opportunity to hear from me. How would I approach that? How could I help you? How could this be different for you than everything you've tried in the past? This conversation and the application is a no-obligation process. The conversation is very valuable, even if you choose not to join Thrive Academy at the end, and there's no pressure in it. So really, if you're identifying with what I've been talking about, there is no downside to filling out an application, and I encourage you to just take that step. Fill it out so we can talk, and let's start moving towards finishing this year for you in a better state where you feel more empowered in your weight journey, where you feel better about the changes that you're making in your life, and where your days feel better because you deserve it. All right. Have a fantastic day, guys. We will talk to you later. See you next week when we're going to talk about what to do when the scale's not moving. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.